Hello, Annie Trenders. It's been probably a month since our last recording, and it's been quite busy in the world of anime trending, and internally in anime trending. Right now, we are pretty much swamped with everything we've gotten um, from Anime Expo, as well as other conventions that we've been making the rounds. And so right now, it's just me as your host, Nico, and I'm joined by Will. Hey, everyone. Uh, great to be on the podcast again. And uh, yeah, I got to agree with you, uh, Nico. It's uh, con season. It's a uh, hot and summer, like a hot and uh, summer season as well. So there's a lot of things going on, at least in the uh, anime and uh, convention uh, fields right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like we've we've had so many crazy announcements um, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, over this July Fourth weekend at Anime Expo, we had yeah. like I can't believe we have a Panty and Stocking season two. That that was a bomb. That was a bombshell. Like, uh, 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 there's a lot of things that happened at um, Anime Expo this year. You know, with the crazy lines, the uh, bunch of manga news, the COVID situation as well, and. I think the news that dominated everything was that big surprise PSG announcement. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Like for people who don't understand, like Trigger uh, is one of the world class anime studios, and at their at their panel, which I was in, um, they got to show the crowd um, the first episode of the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven anime that's going to be coming out on Netflix. Um, probably by the end of the season, I want to say it's like a, like a late August, September kind of release date. Um, and I'm not going to get sidetracked on that one. I think it's going to be a really cool show based off of the first episode. Um, really excited to seeing that show, like despite the game being awful, because like the world is so interesting. Um, they really have outdone themselves with this show. Um, it doesn't really hold back at all. Like, it's kind of like this, wow, I can't believe they showed this to, like, a crowd of people, like, thousands of people watching this. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited for that one. And then, the, so not only do we have, like, that show coming out, then they were like, oh, by the way, we're making Panty and Stocking Season 2. And, like, yeah. everyone just kind of erupted. And, I mean, it, like, our tweet went viral. Yeah, what was the, uh, I guess there must have been a lot of hype because it was, like, a trigger panel. But, like, what, what? was the reaction from the audience when that big bombshell news happened like that that's like kevin feige mcu kind of hype right there it was yeah no it was really eruption um you can kind of feel it in the audience of like wait what do you mean they've just announced this like it was almost unbelievable because uh for those of you that don't know like the history within trigger studios um, a lot of the animators um that we know and love from the studio originally were under studio Gainax. And so like uh, some of the directors include like Imaishi um, directed Panty and Stocking, as well as some of the animation artists such as Sushio, like before they ended up going on and making Kill a Kill a Trigger, they were under Gainax. And so a lot of the licenses were under um, Gainax's uh, ownership for like the longest time, like ever since the show had come out. And historically Trigger really, really wanted to do more of the show but like unfortunately they just didn't have the legal right to work on it because they didn't technically own it despite animating it and directing it and putting everything that was good about the show into it um 
so it, it's it's really crazy. I mean, we could even have like an entire history lesson episode that I, I'd really want to do as like an evergreen of like here's some really crazy license fights that are behind the scenes of some of your creative studios because it kind of shines a light on like a lot of the weird business side of the anime industry that most people don't really aren't really like aware of what's going on under the surface. Um, so yeah, it's it's like it's like a long lost child coming home. And especially because of like the, did you ever watch the first season of Painting Stocking? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I honestly like, if I'm re- being like really real with you right now, that was like one of my formative anime that like when I could say I turned into a otaku that I watched. To be honest, because you know before then I was I was just watching like you know the Pokemon's, the Yu-Gi-Oh's, the um, Naruto's as well. But Painting and Stocking really. Well, it didn't look like any other anime because it just looked like, you know, like all the, the inappropriate adult uh, cartoons that we used to have on like uh, Adult Swim or in Canada, we have uh, our um, our own like uh, adult oriented station as well. So it was really like it pushed the envelope. Um, I watched it subbed at first, but I got to give my hats off to the, the dub version of, of that as well, which just like just shines above every every other anime dub that i can think of yeah like i i'm in that same boat like i i prefer the dub only because the show is so inspired by american style cartoons from like cartoon network such as like power it's like powerpuff girls on like steroids and also x-rated at the same time um so it's just really funny seeing this kind of like really corrupted and cursed aspect of um, where they got their inspiration, but also it's like peak trigger um, trigger isms as in like how they do the shots and how they animate everything, how they do the ultra violent parts um, to a hilarious effect. Um, so yeah, the dub is just like it's fantastic. It's just like you're just watching. Just yeah, and uh, and, and I like you mentioned before, like we could have a total like a whole episode. Uh, on this because you know Gainax is notorious for being like pretty 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 bad with their business and uh financial uh practices and as well and uh you know just hearing how hard it was just to get uh like news of a new uh and stocking season you know it it really it really warms my heart like you know I, i i'm i'm really happy for uh trigger finally working on this uh, new project mm-hmm. yeah for sure and like if you wanted to talk about like the like why this happened most likely it, it like i don't have any of the crazy proof at internals on the finances but like there's there's a lot of talk from rumors about a lot of licenses have been easy to acquire across different companies as a result of the pandemic um, it's almost like because some companies can't afford to hold on to some licenses, that means like some of the ones that were like really hard to find end up being sold off a lot cheaper than you you would think within the industry. Um, and so like as a result of that, a lot of shows that I think are in this licensing hell or things that you wouldn't expect to get multiple seasons are now getting greenlit because it's like not only is it cheap to acquire, but also um, it's something that like I feel like makes financial sense as in like, you know, this is going to be a hit. Um, and we're even seeing it right now with, with this season coming out of like some of the really popular uh, sequels that are most likely going to make all of their money back like on the spot just because we know, oh, wow, this is a really highly anticipated show. And um, it's almost like 
the emergency button, like break, break the glass, make money. Um, I don't know what that means about like the rest of the actual studio's finances, but from a consumer's perspective, I'm just like, yay, I get some really cool season twos to watch. Um, and so I could talk about all of the crazy stuff that was at anime expo. Um, anime trending was there. Uh, thankfully none of us uh, got sick over that week. Um, despite clearly being exposed at multiple points. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was, there was a ton of people there. Um, huge cap for the lines. It was, it was a, it was a insane. It was like my first time kind of going as press and doing like, kind of like the anime, anime business person side of a convention. Um, yeah. And, it, and like I, from what I heard, the artist alley was really, really bad. Like it had really like toxic, like horrible air quality uh from yeah there was like an ann article it was like something about the co2 levels were so high that like like something about the air circulation which which i was like that makes sense because it's the artist alley at at ax is basically like in a garage setting um there's not really like a lot of air you're gonna get from that that part i mean if, if it wasn't anime expo that literally is just a parking garage yeah yeah and you know it is is i mean as much as it's fun to hear like about all the summer cons that are happening you know there was ax there's gonna quacks at uh san diego comic con right now actually i think and uh crunchyroll expos just around the corner so and uh even just last week i was i think i was at uh anime north and um you know just seeing every I guess the positive is that uh, seeing everyone, all the cosplayers, you know, some old friends, uh, like that, that's a good part of the con, but you know, COVID's still kind of here. Right. And like, we have to be kind of cautious about who you're going with for sure. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the nature of just kind of the world we're living in right now, you kind of have to make that public, like getting into the public is like always, you're always taking that particular risk. Um, which is why you have to just do what you think is best for yourself and try to like keep yourself safe, keep others safe. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I swear, like going in there, like I knew, even though like I had the right press badge to kind of get around a lot of the crowd, like I still was surrounded by a ton of people, which was um, pretty, pretty anxiety inducing at some points. Um, and again, it was like luckily, lucky none of us on the group ended up getting sick overall, which I was, I was really thankful for because I know there was a lot of rumors from that. Um, so that, that was not a very fun week after AX is like going on Twitter and kind of seeing um, everyone posting like, okay, if you were at my booth, then you got sick. If you were at this booth, you got sick. If, if like, it was like, oh man, it was a nightmare that I was kind of just like, okay, I'm going back to my hidey hole for a couple of days. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like wait the see. last, the last thing you want as a giveaway is, con con crud or con flu from uh from this year's ax for sure yeah exactly it's just like oh man that's something you don't really want to take home with you as a souvenir because i got a lot of souvenirs i got stuff from the sega booth i got stuff from uh there was there was a there was a, a booth that was selling licensed official kaiji merch and i was just like yes please give that to me yeah that was the uh what what that was the denpa booth correct yeah, Denpa, and like I can't yeah. find their shirts online at all. Like, I'm trying to find some of those. I just, I just think it's sold out. To be honest, those shirts, like as soon as the pre order was up, is just like gone. To be honest, they people really love Kai Kaiji. 
Exactly. Like I, it's one of the shows that's near and dear to my heart, and I got like one of the last ones on like the last day. Uh, funny, funnily enough, like when I was purchasing the shirt, the guy, whoever was working at the Denpa booth, was talking to Trigger's PR guy that was also happened to be standing right next to me, and like I recognized him because he always does the live translations at the. Um, at, at the con events and I was like wait a second that's the guy like oh hi <laughs> so that kind of goes back and all the other people we were talking to and meeting over the weekend um including some of our some of our partners and business associates we've been working with um I, I feel like when anime expo specifically and, and since you guys had the uh, press badge like it, it's it, I guess it's part con but also like part uh, bu- business uh, trip when you really think about it you know it was basically two years of Penta not being able to make business meetings with people who have very good interest in talking with us. Um, and those are some of the things that can help make the site a lot better and to get some really cool, interesting um, content on the site. Um, and so that was just like the never ending of it. Every person or point of contact we had was just like hey are you free hey are you free hey are you free like and we're just like oh my gosh so we had everyone like spread out in every booth like every uh most of those uh, panels going on to, like have all of our all the information out it was it was a well-oiled machine of just anime news everywhere uh yeah it, it's great to hear that uh you know uh, uh, the anime trending brand so to speak is uh really like um yeah, I guess start it is in high demand from like all these uh, anime industry professionals for sure, and uh, you yeah, know, not yeah. not to not to uh, uh, divulge any of our secrets, but there we do have a pl- we are the reason we're we've been so busy even trying to do the podcast is that on our side uh, we have we just have a lot in the pipeline for like our audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that like the audience has helped us get to this point. And that's why it's the things I want to reiterate that we're so completely grateful um, seeing this happen. Um, I've had personal development stuff that is I never thought I would be at a convention giving like live interviews on camera. Like I was able to do that at um, at like some of the Sega booths. Um, so that was kind of like one of my first. Uh, live in-person things talking about uh fantasy star online or something like it was, it was so cool kind of checking out the exhibits and we had like professional editing on that and everything it was like wow it's yeah, like I, I, I gotta say say uh nico like i give you i gotta give you big props for for doing that if you haven't seen the video on our twitter um if it ever makes it on our youtube please check it out he nico did a Really great job with that, Nico, and and uh, I think was Bruno. Yeah, Br- Bruno. Camera, Bruno right? did the crazy editing too. Yeah, he's he did camera work. He did all the stuff for the editing. Um, he's he's editing this podcast right now, so he's gonna hear that and be like, ha ha ha. Hey, Shall hey, Bruno, that? if you're editing this podcast, we we really appreciate you, man. Uh, hopefully, people will get to uh, talk about you and uh, not not play that uh, Disney song anymore. So, <laughs> oh my god, uh, I. I can't believe I'm going to talk about the Bruno tangent, but so when I first met Bruno, um, I thought it was so funny because in, in, it was basically like eighth grade middle school, like, but like where he and I go back. But when I first met him, that was like right when the Sasha Baron Cohen movie came out. Oh yeah. I remember. I remember that. And it was just, it was just like a really, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was just like a really unfortunate timing being in like high school and stuff and like having people talk like that, like the whole time be like, Oh no, that would have been, 
That would have been bad. And so then when the Disney movie came out and now everyone's singing We Don't Talk About Bruno, I kept thinking about like the earlier days of being like, oh no, it's back. It's it's back. So who knows in like 10 years. And, and, there's, Bruno, at least, and there's Bruno Mars too when you really think about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the uh, different different end of the, the spectrum there. Um, anyways, I was going to say, so now it's... I, I lost my train of thought about... Not now it's time we got to break down the charts, right? Yeah, exactly. We've had a huge summer coming up. Um, we've been hard at work on some of this. And so right now we are right in the middle of the first week of summer 2022. So without further ado, let's go into the chart check. In first place, we have Classroom of the Elite 2. In second, we have Lycoris Recoil. Third, we have Call of the Night. In fourth, we have My Stepmom's Daughter is My Ex. What a spicy title. Yeah, like, I, I feel like my editors would have just said, My Ex is Now My Stepsister is probably, like, the better way to rewrite that to be more grammatic. Um, <laughs> I just feel like with the title, it really, uh, like it stops you for a second. Cause you just, you have to do that, like family tree recalculating in your brain. Like, wait a second, what does this mean? Like you have to like kind of decode it for like half a second. And if this was a, if this was like a light novel, I think that makes sense. Cause it's like, it's like how you get that, that title to pop out compared to the other, other ones on the show. The, the dreaded light novel title. I mean, shout, shout out to Jack and all the editing team, but I, I'm pretty sure you, that would be a pretty accurate uh, correction on that part. I, I just shudder to think of like an entire sh bookshelf, like a digital bookshelf where like you have to discern yourself from like the rest of the pack of shows involving dating your stepsister <laughs> that i guess is very competitive because of this title but uh we will go into the show later because it's funny um in fifth place we have engage kiss uh in sixth place we have overlord four another really big sequel um and following that it's seventh we have made in abyss the golden sun city of the scorching sun so it's the second season um in eighth place, we have yet another second season. We've got our favorite Rent-A-Girlfriend season two. We are just like listing off spicy titles after spicy, spicy titles. titles. Yeah, it's like, oh man. Um, Gracie also wants to like, before I'm like saying, yeah, Gracie would hate the fact that Rent-A-Girlfriend's up here because it exists. But also, she does enjoy this season overall. It's like a really, really large list of shows that are very enjoyable um i agree yeah yep at ninth place we have the devil is a part-timer second season you know it's a second season when it has like two exclamation po exclamation points at the end oh is that really how they're titling it officially is just two i mean it's on it's on our chart but like i i just find it funny sometimes where you know just adding like an extra exclamation exclamation mark or even like a question mark sometimes indicates like a second season or something like that yeah <laughs> and and then last but not least uh because 10th place when will ayamu make his move um that's our top 10 there are some shows in here that 
fall outside of that top 10 that I still feel like are worth um, having the discussion. Um, but right now, let's focus on some of the ones that we just talked about in the list. So the first one that I think really stuck out to both um, Will and myself and pretty much everyone at Anime Trending staff um, really enjoys Lycoris Recoil. Let, let me, um, I, um, I have a quick question about the title. I mean, I, I pronounce it Lycoris Recoil ma- mainly because I feel like it kind of, kind of looks and sounds like licorice but uh that that just might be a weird thing on my part but uh i i actually was thinking that as well yeah no i i don't think you're wrong on that like well for all the listeners that that will be the way i will be pronounced pronouncing licorice uh recoil but uh you know we've gone over the debate of pronouncing spy family versus spy x family so i i don't want to uh bring bring that up again Mm mm-hmm yeah, for sure. Um, what is Licorice Recoil, then? What is this show? I'd say it's like, uh, I wish I could give a detailed like, plot, but I-, I guess I'll do whatever um, I tell my friends to watch a certain anime that I do. Um, like, I'd say it's it's like half slice of, half slice of life and half, like girls with gun story if, if that makes sense right and surprisingly those, yeah, those yeah. two themes kind of mesh really well together i think it meshes well just because it's so like absurd that they're meshing together because it's like it's slice of life and also the fact that they're it's essentially a world where we have a counterterrorism force that's employed by high school girls um and I think I think basically like the first three minutes of the show like really perfectly encapsulate kind of the absurdity of the statement, but also does a hilarious job of like introducing this concept. Um, because you have like kind of like your first three minutes of the show, you have like the very typical shoujo, like, oh, I'm late for school, like almost like you're going to run to school with like the toast in your mouth. Like, but then like in the background, there's all of these like crazy crimes that are about to happen that are getting foiled by like girls armed with like silencers. So they're just like, they're like preemptively killing these people before they commit major crimes. Yeah, and so like I think like that was so shocking to me, and I was just laughing the whole time at that yeah, part. Yeah, I, I, honestly, like the first few minutes of an anime should sell you on what it's really about. Uh, when you when you when it comes down to it, what um, like I, I kind of knew what this this show would be all like all about. Like right when like I think the girl who l- let me talk about like the I can't. I'm not good with names, but like the black haired girl, one of the, uh, I guess, main characters, she, first off, she looks a bit like, if you ever watched, uh, she looks a bit like one of the girls from Sound Euphonium and uh, like the um, girl from uh, uh, Kyo Annie, Annie anime called uh, Hyoka. Like, she just really looks like a, the combination of those two. And like, the, I, I laughed when she just like, just blows all her enemies away just by, by shooting <laughs> just like shooting everything with her gun like i i'm i'm really a sucker for girls with gun shows especially when it just goes all out like that yeah especially cuz like the main story pretty much sets up so you've established that the world is uh 
has the secret police made up of high school girls that are spies and they do stuff and they, they shoot people. Um, and also Takina now has gotten kicked off of her force because she goes above and beyond in killing all of the terrorists in this particular sequence that had one of her, um, I don't know, like comrades, yeah, comrades hostage, but they still needed to get information out of those would-be assailants. Um, so at that point, it's like she has now been demoted. She has been kicked off of her force where now she runs into Chisato, who is the other lead, who is pretty cheerful, um, but also has insane amounts of skills. Um, so like despite having like a very cheerful nature, working in the cafe, being like generally very positive, bright, sunshiny, she's also like just as if not more dangerous than Takina. Um, like it's just she's more satisfied with like serving treats and also being really good at like protecting her um people. Yeah, I really love um uh I I really love like the I guess what how uh, they characterized Chisato. Uh the the big difference between her and uh you you reminded me of her name now, uh Takina is that like Chisato doesn't kill but like she has the skills to just like wipe the floor with you if she wants to, right? And I I feel like I saw that with the uh, latest episode as well, as well, where she just like just just goes through and just like it, it ends the career of uh, two other, I guess, uh, counter terrorism operatives as well. So she she's like, if she's not in like the best girl conversation this season, like I I think I, I think I'd be close to rioting to be honest. Yeah, because a lot of that has to do with the the performance as well, where like it's very cheerful, but then there's those moments where she gets very fierce, but also is acting in kind of like a motherly tone. So it's really warm, but also very scary if you're like on that receiving end. Um, and then on top of that, we have all of the animation of like her dodging all of the bullets, and like it, it it's so over the top, but it's it's hilarious in that in that way. Um, well, like I think with anime, just high school girls doing like any anything OP like that, like I, I'm not too, I'm not surprised to be honest. Th- th- there was a precedent for for this for years, and uh, you know I, I'm just like I'm just excited to see th- these type of uh, stories just kind of come back uh, um, in, in recent years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it. And like I'm not really the type of person to go out of my way with every single one of the like cute girls doing cute things kind of show. Um that's not usually my bag except for like stuff like Kaon I really enjoyed, but it's just so funny seeing the sequence. Um because again, like they really go all out in like both areas of just like the cute, wholesome um parts, followed by like the actual action parts that you're like, wow, I actually have some kind of depth to it. Um but it, it, it almost is like I can't tell if I'm watching something super serious and comedic or it's just like one giant comedy like the whole time because of just like the harder and more serious they play off the action bits. I think the funnier it is to me just because of how it contrasts with like the earlier um, I got like the earlier sequences. It's just like it's just because of those first three minutes. I think that really sets the tone Um of like both ends of the spectrum that I didn't realize like could be mashed together in this way. Yeah, I and I feel like I, I think the reason why people um uh, like even I'm drawn to it is because it sort of like has a 
similar tone to Spy Spy X Family when you when you really get down to it. You know, both series balance this uh, slice of life kind of um, feel to it while also having focusing on a plot in the focusing on sort of a, a espionage or spy plot in the background uh, with, with some ac- actions and explosions and uh, fighting and, and gun shooting and all, all that uh, cool stuff. Yeah, In short, I think overall, I think we're, we're all pretty big on it. I think even Gracie wrote down in her notes, yes, really like, <laughs> that's not her words, but she definitely does really, really like, um, like her, the Chris recoil. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think it'd be really interesting hearing her takes on it in the next couple of weeks as it comes out. Um, because, there's, there's a lot going on with it. Um, is there any other last closing thoughts before we move on to the next bit? I think um I think that's about it. Just try the first episode out. Trust me, you won't uh, regret it. Um, stay stay for at least one or two episodes, and uh, you mm-hmm. should uh, stay strapped in for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so next on the list, I'm kind of going down like based on the top ten. I mean, we could talk about Classroom of the Elite too, like later. Because I, I know that that's number one, super important, big sequel. I'm not as familiar with it, um, but Will knows a lot. Well, okay, about it. well, well. To be fair, we're both not as familiar with it as as we should. Like I, I watched the first season when it debuted, like way back when. But like I'm not like too much of a uh, hardcore light novel reader. But I do have my, uh, uh, I do have my. I guess some some quick thoughts on that that hopefully we can uh, bounce. Yeah, around. we can we can have quick quick takes about Classroom Elite too. Okay, yeah. Um, so with Classroom of the Elite too, like I when when news came out that it, the second season was coming out, I was like, really? Because um, you know, I I think the first se- the first season didn't really impress me much because it just like if I'm being honest, like uh even though this is an anime, like I, I really could not buy into the fact that, you know, like real high schoolers would act this kind of like, j- just act this uh, like a whole different level of like cunning manipulative uh, actions as they do in like classroom of the elite um, series. So I, I don't know, like what, what are your thoughts? I, I, I don't know if you watched it. I, I, I feel that. I think there's some moments of like, because it, it, it falls under that, like, death game genre where it's, like, it's not really a death game, but it's kind of, like, everybody's wits are getting put tested to the the extreme. And it's, like, some shows, such as Kaiji, which I love, um, takes or, that Or Tomodachi concept. game, when you think to- about it. Yeah, like, like I feel like there has to be some level of, like, extreme duress that's making you, for like, forcing the characters to think, like, hopped up on adrenaline really quickly. Um, it, it is kind of weird with like a high school setting because like I, I felt the same about um, uh, Kakagurui as well of like this gambling like insane mind game things like like it's almost like man this is a weird like high school setting to me but uh, it's kind of spun off in its own genre that like some people who like can't get enough of death games like will take take what you can get out of it because um, they are really fun to seeing them kind of like um Kind of like an illusion getting played on you in like the material as you're going through it. The the mind game, I guess, subgenre in anime it is like, um, I guess there there are stuff like that. It's usually part of like you know thriller or suspense anime, but you know with with series like 
classroom of the elite and and kakegurui um you you know i i kind of like the latter a bit more mainly because it's like it at least has it distinguishes itself like from just like it's really kind of wacky premise um and, and just like all the 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 facial expressions here it's with classroom of the elite it's very like grounded the the drama and the manipulation it's all very subtle and even with the main character he he's like he's really subdued he's not like um the lead character from tomodachi game he he's very like uh kind of blank slate very in the background but when he, he finds an opportunity he will strike at it and use it to his advantage so i, I guess that there's that appeal of the series but you know aside from that is like it, it, it's really just like uh watching uh really slow burning drama unfold yeah and so for some people that's kind of like their their thing with it um i know that right now there was like a couple discussions i saw about the overall visual quality between season one and two particularly in the animations um some of the consensus I saw was like some of it is a little bit down from the previous one, or maybe it's just not as not as up to par. I don't know how big of an effect that has when like a lot of the appeal of the show is like in the actual like mind game part because it, it just it's kind of strange that like that is like what I've seen in discourse, but like still this is like the number one show for the um for the week. Um, it could also be just because of the fact that it may, may have came out a lot like earlier than some of the other ones. Um, Cause I thought, I thought Licorice would have been first for sure. I think it's also, I think classroom to delete has a dedicated fan base, but you know, I have seen like reaction to it being number one, not being like received too well. So like, I think there, there there's a contingent of like our anime trending audience that would rather see the show, the second season unthrown. But, um, you know, it, I will say the latest episode of the second season is is pretty intense. And, like, there are scenes where I think it is uh, kind of visually striking as well. So um, that, that might have it going, uh, uh, have it uh, going for it uh, throughout the next week for sure. Okay, yeah, for sure. It sounds like a lot of people are going to take that, try to take that first spot. Um, another one that I think has a pretty good chance of getting up there. Um, at number three, we have Call of the Night. Um, I, I really enjoy the show a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think the show really oozes this aesthetic um, and just has just like a wonderful visual and sound design um, that is so hard to describe on like a podcast format. <laughs> I want to. I want to just pull up like here's some screenshots I took and like look how beautiful this is. But now watch it move and watch how the sound plays into it. Um, but yeah, really great show. Really great show that's built on aesthetic. Um, it's about a guy who's living an unfulfilled life that decides, hey, I'm gonna just not sleep at night. Um, where he then wanders around in the streets at night until he runs across what he later finds out to be a vampire who. And that vampire also finds out that uh, he's got some pretty tasty blood. So not only is she really, Nazina, really enjoying his tasty blood, but she also wants to show him kind of like the way to really live his life. Um, 
And by that, it's almost like kind of like set your inhibitions free and just really let loose because the only reason why he's not able to sleep at night is because he's not living a fulfilled life during the day. And so like a lot of the themes are about losing yourself in that moment and kind of like getting whisked away. Like it's almost like magic carpet ride kind of aesthetic. Um, like, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like kind of like the, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, I'd say it's a, it, it, if you ever listen to city pop music, like I, I kind of get that city pop kind of night jazz feel to this anime. Like, um, and even even the opening and ending theme songs are pretty like night night uh sounds very like um uh nocturnal as well like it, it's really it really yeah. matches the theme yeah like sure. the night night being a night creature and just kind of like living loose um and it's so funny because like the ending song is also called call of the night but it came out first um by a band called creepy nuts uh and great name, by the, the way. Opening. Great name. Right? <laughs> great name. Very, very striking name. Um, so the manga got its name from the song. So it's kind of interesting seeing it come full circle because the manga is originally um, named after this song. This really jazzy night song. Um, very striking song. Really, really recommend go listen to this, the opening and endings. Um, and... I, I think in the first episode, you get like a really good emotional peak with um, him kind of getting whisked away at night through the um, to that song. I thought that was just such a really cool sequence. Um, my one concern is like, I hope that there's more going on to it in like from the third episode onwards, because there's a couple couple cast characters that we haven't seen yet. And I'm, I'm hoping that we didn't just get to this emotional climax, like from like the very first episode, because it's it's a really big peak, I think, for the show. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and um, I remember we talked about Call of the Night in our uh, last episode, in our last podcast episode, uh, where, you know, it, it does it is from the same creator that. Uh, that uh, made uh, Dagashi Kashi, but uh, the two series are like, like really starkly different. Uh, when Almost you like really they're think night about and it. day, yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, yeah, like literally, one <laughs> takes place in a, like a summer day, like in a candy convenience store, and this one is uh, in the nights, following just a, a young a young guy just meeting like uh, um, different personalities uh along the way so um like i i i'm really enjoying this series so far too like it it, the um it just has me wondering it has me like connecting to like sometimes i like to go out at night near my area and kind of walk around too there's sort of like a like a calmness to it when you think about it Mm -hmm. um and you know it, it really the anime just like draws upon that experience like really well uh, as well. Um, and it, it also gives me like strong monogatari vibes um, ju- just with the way the visual directions and the editing. Um, it, it's the like, same director, I think. Right. Yeah. Like visually same anime director. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like I, I just, I'm just a sucker for those anime where it, it like, it's just a guy. It's just the one character you see. There's no like, other people in the background and then there's this this one other character you know usually a girl um and it just the story just 
centers on dumb and just focuses on dumb for like a good amount of the episode so uh yeah, i'm like really the like in the banter that really like yeah it, it really grips your attention because it kind of goes back and forth um and i think what's so interesting in the main two leads um dynamic is like how much of it is like Nazana showing him how to live and also he's kind of teaching her some things too that she didn't realize so like there's kind of moments i find that's really cute where they're both getting um, put off guard for different reasons in the conversation um so it's not just like oh nazina is just 100 percent manic pixie dream girl like whisking him away and doing everything else like, like i think there's a little bit of the um the back and forth that that goes on yeah for sure and like uh, i i don't have a- any i guess additional thoughts on it but on this but like um you know not, not Nazana's a, a good vampire. Uh, I I've always had like a love hate relationships with vampires. Like certain shows just make you know I'm um just makes me want to love them, but uh, other shows just really really makes me hate them so much. And uh, you know with this with this uh call of the night um you know I I feel like I'm starting to warm up to not only Nazana but also uh I guess seeing how the other vampires will be uh seen seen in this show but you know <laughs> i i i do i do expect to see some uh some some really really bad vampires aside um aside from <laughs> maybe nazana for sure okay um from there let's move on to another romance uh my stepmom's daughter is my ex and so <laughs> that's that's one hell of a title when you think about it just going back to the light novel titles yeah like it's a it's a title all right it makes me stop and be like oh oh and like it's number four this week so uh shout out to all you who voted for it uh i'm very whatever the opposite of proud is of everyone but um good job everyone <laughs> not uh but actually though like it's it's not unwatchable to be honest from my perspective like that that's my stamp of approval um only because hear me out it's not as i don't know the right word it's not as like depraved as i thought it was going to be based on the title um and that's just because i've been desensitized because we've had train wrecks such as domestic girlfriend that not only has the same situation of oh my parents got remarried and now i'm i'm dating my stepsister and now we're actually living in the same house uh because domestic girlfriend kind of goes like that next step further by not only having like one sister but also a second sister that's also the main character's uh teacher that also like is interested in him and like it's just like this whole like love triangle cheating train wreck um this one is a lot cuter in the fact that it's kind of a they dated a little bit and they're very familiar um and so it's like the tension of trying to like explore that space of now it's like okay we're still kind of close but we don't know how to like navigate this this weird um new setting yeah and i let me tell you, Nico. I I've lived through the uh, or Emo and uh, the uh, Eromanga <laughs> sensei uh, eras. So like the these type of series where it, it kind of skirts the line between like incest and romance. Like I, I I'm also kind of desensitized to it, and like and that's partially why I think the series 
is really just just okay but there are i remember there are moments in this show where um you know it it does give you a bit of pause uh when you when you really think about it yeah like i'm gonna get skewered for saying this but it it honestly has the same initial appeal that kaguya has because they're like both clearly still like each other but neither of them want to admit it to the other because of this weird power dynamic that they don't want to talk about um it's just weirder just because it's now like applying that kind of concept to like a step sibling <laughs> dynamic um but again it's like it really like makes some of the sequences kind of funny and then it's like it is it, it is cursed but it's definitely like i think someone's guilty pleasure for the season so i maybe i'm too harsh on people for it um yeah a guilty pleasure is on uh an apt uh uh description for it uh to be honest like i i feel like i'm i'll probably label it as such because like i i'm kind of like just enjoying it in a like popcorn drama kind of kind of uh way so um i'm i'm just like uh i'm gonna keep my eye eye on this this show and just see like i i don't predict it's gonna get depraved but uh like i've been wrong before you you just never know yeah no it's it's <laughs> on this list this is a guilty pleasure but i'm gonna skip made in abyss for one second but because rent a girlfriend season two is just guilty i i, I hope you feel guilty <laughs> about rent a girlfriend season two um i have to get that off my chest um not a lot of development between the characters as it goes and like let me say oh boy the manga as some there, okay, I just remembered one chapter that one of my friends showed me from this from Rent a Girlfriend, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that part is gonna get animated yet, but man, that author has some issues. <laughs> I, I I know I know exactly what you're referring to, but uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if if it'll uh, get that far. To be honest, just I, I've read ahead of the manga a bit so i kind of know what's gonna happen but uh i think um li- like with rent a girlfriend season two like my my goodness like it- it's there- there's like two camps to this anime i feel that's like the camp that's like really really like is into it will will stand like one of the four um like one of the four uh uh, uh female uh heroines uh by the way this is a this is a shout out to Neil, but uh, Chizuru is still still best girl. Uh, take that, Neil. Uh, but it, like, I, I'm really there are there are moments in in the manga I feel where, like, I I feel like the author does kind it. Some of it is good, uh, but you know, obviously, like with the romantic progress, there, there's unfortunately, um, it, it's often just like uh. It it just stalled a bit, uh, just I guess just to get keep the manga going. Um, if you kind of agree with with that sentiment as well, yeah, it just it just gives me the feeling that like there's not much progression week to week. Like, but like some of the the romance stuff, like it, it's like a bigger problem, like the romance genre where the person who wrote it now just realized they struck gold, and now they don't want to end the show in any way. So the solution is just to never progress your characters in a romance show. 
Um, this is where you get like those those types of fans that like freak out and cheer when it's been like I don't know like how many years and how many hundred like hundred chapters and then the characters like finally hold hands and you're just like yes this is what this is what I wanted and it's like oh there's some there's some really long build up that uh, I like I feel like it, it just it just ends up being like really starved in the the story um, but it. Just kind of like it's it's okay. I mean, I I'm not as like outspoken about Rent Girlfriend, I think, as other people within the staff on it. Um, but I know that there's like a lot of subset of people who like really love the show and really hate the show, and it's so funny seeing it. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to like just seeing the sparks fly on on Twitter. People are just gonna. <laughs> it's just it's just very cursed. Um, it, it's a po- it's a polarizing show indeed, and. Uh... Like I, I'd say I, I'm the, I'm the, on the side of like I'm enjoying it, but you know there, there are like um, uh, people like like Gracie, for example, who just like really, really, really do not like it. Yeah, no, and Gracie rips it not just like on a, like an objectifying people kind of way. It's more like this is just a poorly written conceived story that continues to be poorly written and conceived. Um, like as it goes, it's just like ah, like that. That's where I'm just like, you can't keep getting away with it uh, when it when it happens. But uh, I digress. Uh, let's talk about shows I enjoy, such as Made in Abyss season two is coming out. Um, and by enjoy, I mean I don't know if I enjoy it. It's it's very horrifying to me, and it's got some pretty gnarly parts coming into season two. <laughs> it is a uh, not for the easy stomach. <laughs> I, I'm like uh, okay, so with Made in Abyss, like I, I've seen season one, I've seen the uh, movie in between, and I'm I'm like I've just watched like the recent episode of the second season, and uh, I I'm Nico like d- just take this in when I say it, like I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced Made in Abyss is like also not only a, an action fantasy series but also just like a David Cronenberg body horror body horror um move like uh movie when you really think about it it's just like you know parts are getting ripped off like it, you just hear really really squishy sounds that are like unpleasant to the ear and like you just see like <laughs> the 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 visual, like the the different imagery, is just gonna burn into your uh, minds for like the, I, I guess the rest of the night, or or maybe even the week if or forever, if it even goes know, that, like, yeah. or forever, yeah, you might as well be going <laughs> to therapy after. <laughs> um, and even with the recent episode, like I, I won't go into details, but it, it gets really like really 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 it, uh, it was just really disgusting. funny when like people were watching the most recent episode and then they were like okay pro tip don't have anything in your stomach at this timestamp." and it's like oh that sounded don't good. don't eat don't don't eat anything while watching this you don't will eat not... anything you're not gonna it's like oh man that's like that's some it's like at that point i'm like oh wow you've got me interested now like how bad can it be you know i'm just like hmm that's how they're going to get me. So like, I, I'm waiting to like, kind of get this all in like one go to get into the right mood, like dark, dark, dark room, all isolated. That's like peak horror time. Cause I feel like even like the first season, it kind of hides the fact that it's got so much body horror going on in the concept of the show. Um, Cause like the intro is a lot more 
uh, cheerful, like triumphant, adventurous. And like season two, the OP like radically changes from like, I guess from the style you see in the first um, season, like there's a little bit more emphasis on like, there are some really horrible things that are, that are going to unfold on the screen. Um, yeah. In the visuals. Yeah. And, um, like I, I don't I don't know if I, I call these spo- if I spoiled it myself, but like I, from what I heard about about this arc in particular, they, there's gonna be like so so there are like all the characters uh, I guess uh, Rico, um, uh, Reg, and uh, was his name Reg? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, Reg. Uh, like, yeah, Reg. Yeah, and uh, Nanachi. Like they're they're they come across this like the uh, I guess village full of like small small uh wriggly uh creatures and let's just say like there's a lot of things as you can expect from encountering uh small squirmy wriggling creatures let's just say that you can expect there to be some sort of like nasty things gonna i was about to say like i can't think of anything that's like small and wriggly that i enjoy except for like mexican jumping beans those are kind of cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i gotta i gotta so unless they up. unless they yeah though they're, they're little tiny beans that like they have um they're little tiny worms inside of them that like they'll rattle around and kind of move on their own oh um, my god dude okay yeah so like wow they are kind of creepy but like from from the fact that like from most people's perspective there's you don't realize that there's like a tiny worm inside of it it's just it's just a bean that's just jumping around you know you're like oh that's kind of cute um so unless they came across a village of giant Mexican jumping beans, it sounds like they're in for a really bad time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, when you really think about it, they're venturing deep into, like, an unknown abyss territory. And, and like, I think you can expect to see some uh, really, really uh, weird weird stuff as you go deeper into the, into the planet. Like, just think about all the weird stuff that like divers have encountered like deep deep in the ocean floor like you never so like foreign like you can't your brain doesn't even know how to comprehend that's that's creepy in many ways very uh, very lovecraftian uh uh, stuff that uh that you can uh expect to see for sure well on the more positive note if we're going back to the uh season twos that i'm like incredibly excited for uh devil's a part-timer season two is out and i really like that first episode um after that i'm done recording i gotta watch the second one that just came out too um very comfortable return to form uh we got basically the devil and his sidekicks are now still in their same situation they've been reversed isekai from the world of ante entre island is it ante ante i think it's uh on ante isla Uh, ante isla it's like island isla Isla. It, it's it Ante, sounds like uh, yeah. I, I I just keep wanting to call it like Entree Island just because like <laughs> Satan is now working in fast food to try to survive in this world. He, he's working <laughs> at an off-brand McDonald's that I can't Mc, remember Mc, if it was Mc, McDonald's, McDonald's or yeah, McDonald's. My bad. McDonald's Wh- is from Watamote, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I I went to Evan Minto's anime. Yeah, there's time. a lot of variants of of the uh, McDonald's ripoffs. Yeah, if you want to find all of the anime ripoff McDonald's clips, there's anime, Evan Mentos of I think uh, does uh, anime Burger Time, 
as a panel and like he does kind of like the we've talked about this like once or twice but yeah yeah it's like basically every anime burger and or scenes that feature burgers <laughs> gets shown in a clip show style format <laughs> so it's like whack donald's or mob donald's or um meg ronald's yeah and uh I, I guess just to give my my uh quick thoughts on the show yeah it's like a good return to form um it's been it's certainly been a while um and i do like i do notice some of the uh there's a new animation studio kind of working on this project and you know i do notice some of the like differences but i think for the most part the uh, visuals have been uh the visuals and character designs have been uh consistent um at least through the first two episodes as well and you know it's it's just like again um devil's a part-timer another kind of early formative otaku anime uh on my end um and i was like really surprised to see it back as a second season and um i i think i've been kind of reading about it in certain forms that you know like i don't know if a lot of people are talking about this because talking about this uh, new season because like either the audience that grew up with it you know did like they they read the light novel or uh the light novel ending and didn't like it and didn't want to go back to the second season or like there's a bunch of new anime fans that aren't familiar uh, with the first season and and didn't bother to to watch it so um like but i but i think it still strikes a good balance for those who did watch it and are kind of happy to see it uh come back see see all the their favorite characters uh, return yeah that, that, that's actually an interesting thought of like fans who became fans because again the first season came out nine years ago Fans who became fans during that time might not necessarily have watched it or maybe saw recommendations to watch it. Um, yeah, they would not be the first ones to watch the second season coming out um, unless it was like something like insanely more anticipated, but like even something like Attack on Titan wouldn't have been, which came out the same season, would not have um, had such a long gap in between seasons. So like, I do agree that that does hurt it. Um, I don't, think it's necessarily like the visual style differences really should be affecting the score overall um it, it is noticeable if you see screenshots and stills from like season one to season two like i think like the second season has a little bit more of a like i don't i don't know what i want to call it generic style like because some people have called it like oh it's closer to like the light novel designs like, i'm not really sure because like it it's jarring if you can like see them side by side but if you just watch the second season um without like binge watching the first season it's way less um way less in your face i think unless you're like actively looking for it yeah i'm i'm i mean i'm not like uh ec- expert uh in, in this field but you know it, i the the changes are very subtle a- as they should be so you wouldn't like uh even for og fans like the casual og fan um they they i don't think they would notice much of a change it's not like um if I remember correctly, the uh, latest like season four or five of like High School DxD was like really like different from like the first three seasons, and that that uh, I think season four of that uh, anime um, was m- kind of designed to to resemble closer to the light novel illustrations in, in that series. So I kind of feel like there's some uh, similar thing happening uh with this this series with uh devil's a part-timer as well 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think the first season, the first episode, I mean, the key thing was like, it was really funny um, for me because it was just like kind of seeing all the characters coming back, seeing like, kind of, it was very comfort um, first episode of like reintroducing the concepts and like just the small tidbits about like the character dynamics is all laid out like like even if you I don't think even if you didn't watch like the first season you could probably just watch the second season as is and still like pop in pretty well um I don't recommend that because the first season's really good um but it was like you had this hilarious dynamic uh back and then you have a new character thrown in at the very last second because you have Satan who's from the island and also Emmy the hero who who previously tried to murder him multiple times because you know she's the hero and he's uh literally the lord of darkness um and so now at this point they were in, on like much cooler terms until now the first episode ends where there's a child that comes in from a portal claiming to be the daughter of Satan and Emmy together and so now all of their dynamics are like completely um destroyed like emmy hates him still like he's kind of like oh god i hate him so much because you know he's saying evil um and so like her soul leaves her body just for even the thought of like having a child with with satan um ashia uh satan's right hand man also has his soul kind of leave his body because he's like i've been so loyal to you and like i've been your tactician forever why would you keep this from me uh chiho is like heartbroken because you know she loves she loves satan um more than everyone else and so now it's like every like everyone at this table who's just learned this news has just been completely devastated in like five seconds um and like it really makes it kind of hilarious um just seeing everyone just like scream for like the five 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 minutes at the end and uh everyone's kind of like very it's pretty witty too like everyone's got their kind of like chaotic um and sharp tongues um talking to each other um yeah and um it, it's very uh I, I guess uh might be a bad example but it's very like latter half late season sitcomish kind of feel like you know whenever like a sitcom has low ratings uh they always mm-hmm. like introduce this new like younger baby character just i, to I was gonna say yeah it's up. like the let's throw in the baby like i it gets me that that weird like thoughts of like the really awful like fairly odd parents era where they're just like yeah let's throw a baby now yeah <laughs> and you're like what like, yeah it, it but i feel like you know unlike those where you kind of you you kind of know just doing that just to mix things up for here like uh the kid's name is uh alice uh ramus uh really r- tried to say that uh five times fast but it, it her she just i feel like she's gonna be a big um like uh an uh, important part to the story overall and um like i and and mind you like i'm saying this because like i i've read the manga that goes past season one so i kind of have a feeling of i kind of know what's gonna happen so like all i can say is like she's gonna be she plays an important role um in the second season and she's just not there to be just like you know a cute cute uh cute baby kind of doing her thing yeah and i mean it's uh i mean i i thought the first episode was pretty funny overall I mean, we had other areas where they're they're fighting a cockroach and it's so scary kind of seeing demon generals brought to their knees at a 
simple thing. Um, the funniest thing about that scene was just them not even saying it was a cockroach, <laughs> but just saying they're Latin. They have to say their their demon, yeah, their demon Latin scientific name because it's too scary to say the word. And, <laughs> and, and anime cockroaches always get the um, I, I guess the censorship. So you know, maybe in a Blu-ray they might uncensor the uh, the the those uh, cockroaches. But I think even the censorship is like just part of the joke too. It's like it's funnier with it <laughs> yeah. being uncensored, with it being censored because it's just like it's like too scary for television. Like it's like oh that's like why, <laughs> but also like I get it. But also ha, that's funny. Imagine censoring a cockroach. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I, I enjoy it. It'll be a good show. Look forward to it. Um, we're like approaching the hour mark, and there's a couple shoutouts. Um, where I don't know if we have time for some of the other ones because I know there's outside of the top 10, we have something like Uncle from Another World, which I think is just out on Netflix now for the first episode. Yeah, I um I just recently caught the first episode on Netflix because um, they like to delay the premieres a bit. Uh, un- so, um, like, all, all I, like, I know you haven't watched it, Aniko, but like, all I can say is like, uh, imagine like. I don't know even even if this is accurate, but imagine like if it's if a reverse isekai, um, like played out like in Mystery Science Theater three thousand episode, um, that's how would I would describe uh Uncle from Another World because the um, the the main uncle kind of returns wakes up and returns from his like um isekai life in another world and he's back to reality where he meets like his uh, nephew. And they just like he kind of goes over like what he's what he saw through his memories of his time in the other world, and like they're just watching and kind of commenting about it, uh, while also while the nephew also kind of updates him on like things that happened uh in the modern era, such as like the Great Console War of the of the uh, I think um uh nineteen nineties like between Sega and Nintendo and uh. And uh, Sony for sure. So like that that's a big part of that's a big joke on the first episode. So it's really like it's an interesting show. It's not like your regular isekai uh, offering this season. Okay, I see. Yeah, no, it, it sounded like it was kind of funny in nature. Um, check that out. I know that I'm not going to talk about the Ruby show. I know some people. Some people like it as new, as a new beginning for the show. Some fans don't like it. Uh, well, I don't know. On our team, Agnes really doesn't like it. But, uh, I mean, it's on my queue. I'll, I'll probably catch up on it uh, yeah, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. There was a really interesting um, thing I saw. There's a discussion about pharmacist breaks down parallel world pharmacy. Like an isekai mm. where... A pharmacist is now in a different world as a pharmacist doing pharmacy things and then kind of breaking down the profession there is kind of interesting. Um, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, I've heard, has been a huge disappointment. And I've also been really disappointed in Yude Deco, um, which is sad mm. because it's like a science art show that, like, I feel like they're about, they're trying to do something like kind of interesting, but it's just not. Um, like, it's a very. Yeah, in, in Yude Deco, it's, it's sort of like if, like, Mark Zuckerberg took like the metaverse and just like in it just like built a society with within it and it's like really kind of dystopian but I also think it's also like 
sort of a mystery show. Like I don't know if every if it's showing every card it has right now. It- it definitely has it. I mean, there's a ton of characters from the intro that have yet to make appearances or even kind of like the thing. Like, like so like a lot of the early episodes are really just like, deep, depending on if you enjoyed the main two characters and like their, their dynamic is a little bit weird to me. Um, and it's just funny because like there are subtle signs throughout the episode because it's like, again, it's like a, it's an entire island nation that's been like, that runs strictly through like, a metaverse sort of overlay so you have like all of your imagine your eyeballs like won't stop showing you like ads in your own house or like on other buildings and stuff and so like visually it's super interesting because you could then uh customize like what you can see and what you wear and like what other people see with you with these like uh, essentially uh augmented reality eyeballs um but it also means you can't see people who are outside of the system. So it's it's already kind of laying the grounds like, yeah, the system's really bad. Um, not just with like intrusive ads, but like with people who are not, don't exist in the system, like are just treated like they don't exist at all. And so people just have this lifestyle of like, they don't, they don't know. They just don't know that this is a, an actual thing. Um, and it's kind of interesting seeing the visual style of that because you, you can take some of these shots where they have the ad overlays across like the like what looks like a bright building but then if you take away all of the neon glowy bits that are in the frame that are clearly supposed to be like virtual like fake brightness you end up getting like these really rundown looking shots of just like boring um kind of like brutalist uh apartment architecture that you would kind of find in like a more like like almost like an oppressive style regime thing. So it, it really is like trying to hide like kind of like the true nature of what, what you're seeing um, on the frame. Um, and so like I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks it um, kind of gets more deeper into like that, what what ideas it really wants to show. Um, yeah, and I feel like with like with Sign Saru works like I feel like the animators just like using. Just like um like using like abstract shapes like kind of minimalist designs in its like uh backgrounds and uh character designs um i'm not i'm not like totally well versed into that field but like you know they they, they their kind of style of animation is always kind of like blobby kind of free form um like it it's very like masaki yuasa um when you really think about it even though he i don't think he's involved in the show but like you can kind of see like they they have a style to um yeah he's not he's not involved in yurde deco but i'm they people really are inspired by his his art style um but yeah onyong choice um primarily i think producing this one as well as different director director is tomohisa shimoyama um, I don't know if this is like his first major thing. I gotta see if like he's worked on some other stuff because it's so funny because I see him. He's like done some key animation for like Summer Wars or, um, it's uh yeah it's uh yeah I gotta say Yure Deco does kind of like remind me visually of Summer Wars just like that um vast like uh, uh internet uh, cyberspace that uh, I think they kind of um. It, it, you can kind of see it in how how they kind of present this uh, futuristic society here. Yeah, and like I think unlike Summer Wars and like Hosada's other show Bell that does that, like I think 
I think Yuri Deco has a better understanding on the downsides of like a world like that, whereas in like Summer Wars and Bell, it's like, yes, this is the ultimate peak humanity is all connected here and everyone's living in harmony and you can do your, your file your taxes, you can work here, you can, like like you can do everything and there's never like really it doesn't really present like an understanding of like what's going on in the system. It's just like, wow, this is the best super cyberspace thing. Um, and it's 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 very service level. <laughs> it's, it's um yeah, like when when just going back and and thinking about it, it's like it, it's kind. I don't know what I'll expect from uh, th- this anime, but like, I feel like it's going to kind of um it, it's definitely on the more pessimistic st- side of uh, I guess technology advancing and like how we kind of interact on um, uh, different social platforms as well. And um, you know, kind of highlights uh, some of the, some of the downsides of that uh, for sure. And uh, and when honestly, like when you really think about it, if you do like if you constantly like if your vision just constantly has ads floating above you like all the time, uh, it, that would sound very like dystopian, uh, very nightmarish, and like I I don't know, like I'm really hesitant about a future with like VR chat as our main form of uh, interaction yeah that's a not not a world i want to be in that's pretty bad um yeah because like 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 the main issue is like like a lot of these concepts have been done in like other media as well so it's like i really wish this was like a little bit more original on that on that um realm um because it's not very subtle in, I guess, the message. Like, I think the shots are a little subtle that are kind of nice, but, like, there's not... Like, it, it feels like I have to dig really, really deep in order to, like, try to pull something on here. And, like, that's just probably because of the science art reputation. Like, I'm expecting something, like, really, really good and well thought out. And even, like, last season, or whatever season when we had um, the Heike story, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's a little... Like, it's just, it's just very unsubtle about like what's going on in some of the ways that i'm like okay i i get it and i'm hoping that it i'm hoping that like the mystery kind of plays out a little different um or maybe has some something else going on with the show because i can kind of see where it's going but um may it may may need a few more episodes for me to like be more definitive on it um yeah it uh yeah, it's definitely an under the radar show. Uh, I guess just to wrap things up, it's like even the marketing was pretty like minimal, um, just leading up to it as well. So I, I, but I feel like it's a good, it's worth just sticking around and seeing what, um, what kind of unfolds from I guess the sort of overall mystery. It would just be really ironic if this is like a show where the actual animation feels like it's trying too hard, where because like the. The entire show itself, like the message is about a society that really is favoring style over substance. And it'd be kind of funny seeing the the same show also kind of favor the style over the, the actual substance of um but we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see. Um, um yeah, at that point I'm uh So I think um yeah, I think we pretty much covered uh I guess everything on our list. Uh when it went uh nico so like um all i can say for this summer season is that and for every every other anime seasons that there's always 
like something for someone like there's always uh you know there's some good there's a good amount of good shows always and you know the kind of meh kind of anime but you know for this summer season it's pretty packed and um i'm just excited to well first off i'm i'm like almost catch catched up on my anime queue so i'm like i've almost uh caught up on every episode every episode of a new series so um it's uh i hope uh, everyone has a good time and uh hopefully they find a show they really love yeah and i think this season is like i mean don't get me wrong this is a very 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 strong season um and i'm I'm looking forward to finding it out and kind of figuring out like what people's favorite shows are what they're really big on um this season because there's a ton of sequels that are coming out that a lot of people hold near and dear to their hearts um and i think we can probably wrap it up from here um so thank you everyone for watching um if you want to follow some us on some of the socials you can follow this podcast at any trends pod on twitter um you can also follow the main uh account anime trending at any trends with a z uh also on twitter or go to anytrends.net if you wanted to participate in the polling link which i'll, I'll leave the link in the description below um are there any other closing thoughts you have, Will? Uh, I guess in terms of uh, on social, you can follow me on Twitter at the writer SITV. Uh, you can also check out my um, you know regular news report boards and uh, different um, news coverage for a lot of uh, uh, great um, things coming down in the pipeline on on our end uh, later on. And um, yeah, follow at, at follow uh, at our uh, main any trends uh, account we're closing in hopefully on uh hopefully like a-, a million followers soon so hopefully we'd uh really appreciate your support and uh hope you can uh, uh follow us there yeah and then up- the upcoming months um you can also catch me at nico at any trends at nico the neko um also on twitter um the key thing is that we will be at some of us will be at CRX, uh, Control Expo, coming up at um, August 4th through 5th, whatever that weekend is, in San Jose. Um, so you can probably follow those counts as we're starting to live tweet some of the announcements that are going to be coming out soon. Especially with stuff like Chainsaw Man is going to be like a really big, um, really big deal coming in. So that's why like, I don't know when the next time we'll record. Like, Hopefully we'll get a recording in either next week or the week after, like right before we get to CRX, because it's, it's, we've been in the middle of con season and like everybody is so busy. And once we finally uh, finished our stuff, then Comic-Con happens and there's a huge anime presence um, there too. So it's just like the grind has not stopped for ever since July (laughs) started. So we're going to like just get through it all. And like, we're just really excited. All the opportunities um, we're seeing right now. So so yeah, and um, unfortunately, I will be on vacation for around two weeks. So uh, hopefully, Gracie or James uh, will be back to uh, kind of co-host the episode. But uh, it's been a I've had a good time uh, just talking with you, Nico, and uh, had a good time on the, um, this this breaking down the summer season overall. Yeah, it's been great. I hope everyone has a good time. Enjoy the rest of your time. So thank you all for having a listen and. Uh... See you again next time. Bye, everyone.